Hey, it's Aaron. And I'm Sarah. And this is 31 Nights of Scary Shit. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Hi, friends. We never did find out about We what... didn't. <laughs> we Who saw. cares? Yeah. Somebody famous lived in that Jean Harlow house. Yeah. It's... Anyway, sorry. We, it's like almost like we just picked up the conversation right where yeah. we left it. The moment is past, unfortunately. It is past. I'm it's sure it'll come up again. But yeah, we're again. But if you know the answer, email please. us. Yes. At 31 nights of scary shit at gmail.com or send it to us on Facebook, Instagram at 31 nights of scary shit or um, uh, on Twitter at scary shit pod. And that's enough of my plugging. Nope, but I all of those things are linked in the show notes as well as our buy me a coffee account is also linked in the show notes. Yes. So please support us. We need more audio equipment. But anyway, we're back with our what episode is this? Fifth episode? It's not fifth, but it's the fifth in our of our October episode. Oh yeah, the fifth of our October episode. So what is this? Episode sixty five? Is that what it is? No. No. Is that how numbers work? Wait a second. Sixty sixty four. Oh, it's That's 64. how numbers work, because 60 is a number. Right. Ever- 60 is a number. 64. Yeah. So we're talking <laughs> about one of my favorite classic horror movies. Is this one you don't like? I you don't like Carrie? love this movie. Oh, you love Carrie. Okay. Oh, my God. Who doesn't I love like Carrie. it? Someone doesn't like it. It's I mean, not you. Some apparently. people don't like it. I feel like I was talking about it with one of our coworkers. Yeah, so it's not you that doesn't like yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, so we're going to talk about um, the inspiration behind the character of Carrie White. Mm. Um, There was an actual person that inspired it? There were two. Oh, God. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Buckle in. Yeah. Um, So I'm going to start with some fun facts about the movie. Ooh. And then I'm going to go into the inspiration behind the character of Carrie White. Nice. Knew there had to be a story because, you know, Stephen King so often has some really cool inspirational story. That is a good point. Which is why he is rad. He is super rad. So here's some fun facts. His son is also rad, too. Yes. Yes. Joe Hill's a really good writer, too. Joe Hill is also rad. rad. (laughs) We need to stop saying rad. I can't help it. I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) I love it. So Stephen King's wife, Tabitha, which I love that her name is Tabitha. Oh, did I tell you I saw Tabitha the other day? I figure we can talk in first name basis, but you know, like the Tabitha that we, oh, we used to oh, like, oh, yes. see every day yes. at work. Where did you see her? Um, Coming into our place of employment. Our place of employment. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. We are talking in the most vaguest terms. We are. And that's fine. Okay. Continue. I'm going to. Anyways, he calls her Tabby, which I think is adorable. Uh... Yeah. So um, she picked the manuscript of Carrie out of the trash because he was disgusted with it. And she encouraged him to stick with it, which was a great plan. Yeah. This was uh, King's first published novel. And this was the first movie made from one of his stories. So awesome. Stephen King was paid $2,500 for the movie rights to Carrie. Isn't that something? That's, uh, that is so mind boggling. It's minuscule. Um, more fun facts here. Stephen King's um, name was incorrectly spelled as S-T-E-V-E-N in the movie trailer. Oh, wow. He wasn't very well known yet. The movie was released in 1976. Um, it's another movie that was made on a shoestring budget, as some of the other classics we covered, like Psycho and also the classic Halloween movie. Isn't, aren't they, like, 
even better when they're yes. made on a budget. Like there's a I, sense of urgency I and a sense of like like there's something to like it. making it meaningful, even if it is on a dime. I think you lose that nowadays with these like mega things. I think they also found the right actors too. That's true. Oh God, that's so true. You know, I think they just really hit pay dirt with the with the right actors. Yeah. Um. So 20th Century Fox rejected the screenplay, but then it was picked up by United Artists. Mm. Brian De Palma, director, was casting for Carrie at the same time George Lucas was casting for a very important picture, Star Wars. Oh, that's cool. And um, they were actually looking at the same actors for the lead roles. So De Palma had considered Carrie Fisher for the role of Carrie White. We all know different movie. Yes. So we all know she went on to play Princess Leia. George Lucas actually was looking into William Catt and Amy Irving to play Princess Leia and Luke Skywalker. Those were the two actors who played Tommy Ross and Sue Snell and Carrie. Oh, wow. Really? I didn't know that. Yep. Um, Brian De Palma was a fan of Sissy Spacek's work. Oh, I love her. But he didn't really see her as Carrie. Um, he allowed her to audition as a courtesy to Jack Fisk, who was Spacek's husband. I think he might still be, actually. Um, he was the art director on the film. Um, Sissy Spacek fully committed when she came into audition, or when she came into the screen test. She purposely didn't bathe. Oh. She put Vaseline in her hair to make it look really greasy. She wore a blue sailor's dress that her mother had made for her when she was younger. Uh, um, the character Carrie is actually seen wearing that blue dress in the scene where she's in class. Oh, yeah. In order to really get inside the head of the character of Carrie White, Spacek purposely alienated herself from the cast. She told them about it, she, that she was going to do this, so they wouldn't think she was just, you know, being a jerk. Um, both Sissy Spacek... Um, Wait a minute. Okay. Both Sissy Spacek and Piper Laurie, who played Margaret White, mm. her mother, they both earned Oscar nominations for their roles. And this I was mean, well deserved. Yeah. And this was almost unheard of in the horror genre at the time. Mm-hmm. Piper Laurie, who had played Margaret White, hadn't actually done a film since The Hustler in 1961. So she basically oh, wow. had come out of retirement to do this film. Oh, at, such a good choice. And at first she thought that the screenplay was a satire. She was like, oh. she she was like, oh, like, am I like like, is this supposed to be funny or a joke? And they were like, no, your character is just this nuts. And she was like, oh, okay. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> also, what a different movie it would have been. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Another fun fact, Sissy Spacek was a homecoming queen in her high school in Quitman, <laughs> Texas. Probably a very different kind of homecoming Imagine queen. Imagine being a person from her class in yep. high school that was like, yep. oh, shit, we really dodged a bullet there. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Thank God we were nice to her. Yeah. So that final terrifying scene where the hand pops out of the grave is actually Sissy Spacek's real hand. She's buried in all that rubble for real. Apparently Sissy Spacek used to get a real kick out of seeing audiences react to the ending of the movie. And she would go to theaters and just for the last five minutes of the film to watch the audience jump out of their seats. Oh my god, I love that. Um, I love Sissy Spacek. I know. So John Travolta was cast as Billy Nolan, one of the a-holes in the movie. And this is before he was a megastar because of Saturday Night Fever. Mm-hmm. He was filming Welcome Back, Cotter at the time. You know, he was Vinnie Barbarino. So he yeah. actually came to the audition for Carrie wearing his Vinnie Barbarino wardrobe <laughs> because he had to do the audition kind of in between takes. Um, the beginning and ending scenes of Carrie were supposed to be different. So in the book, a young Carrie White makes rocks rain over her house. Cool. And originally, both the beginning and end of the movie was going to include a sequence of rocks raining down, but they just couldn't get it right. The house was actually going to be destroyed by boulders at the end. 
but they just really could not when they were playing it back, it really just looked like it was raining. So the effect of it looking like rocks wasn't working. So then they decided the house would be destroyed by a fire at the end. Um, There's a scene where Ms. Collins played by Betty Buckley slaps the character of Chris, who's played by Nancy Allen across the face. And in order to get an authentic reaction, they really had Buckley slap her. And this was like 30 times. Holy shit. But it's a really gratifying scene because that, that girl is just so yeah. awful. Um, yeah. Um, where did he get his inspiration for Carrie? Oh, no. Well, I will tell you. That was Aaron getting a text message. Yes, I will have to, <laughs> I will have to answer that later. I'm a very important person. And we don't edit that shit out. Yeah. No, we do not. We won an award for it. Yeah, we won an award for that. We're award-winning, authentic documentarians. Is not the right word. We are not documentarians. Podcasters. (laughs) We are podcasters. We are not documentarians. We have not entered the field of documentarianism yet. Documentaries. (laughs) (laughs) We have not entered the field of documentaries. No, but that's next. Blair Witch, forty-five. Okay. Sorry, and back to Carrie. Yes. An equally terrifying woman. So there actually was an inspiration for this. There were two actually real people that he kind of based this on. So after reading a story about poltergeists, King came up with a story about a girl who had psychokinetic powers. Oh, see, that makes sense. So in the news story, it was suggested that the objects that were moving around in this house were actually due to the teenage girl in the house who having telekinetic powers, not due to an actual haunting. So that was in his brain. Um, And it was suggested in that article that some adolescent girls may have the power of telekinesis and it typically would emerge around the time of their first period. Are we not shocked? Again, let's vilify women being women. I mean, come on now. Mm -hmm. Aside from the fact that I did wish when I was a child that I was Matilda. Like I Mm -hmm. wanted to be Matilda. Another telekinesis kind of situation. Mm -hmm. God, I wish that had been true. How cool would that have been? I know. Well, the news story is only part of the inspiration. So while King was doing janitorial work at Brunswick High School one summer with his brother, he was supposed to scrub the rust stains off the wall in the girls' shower. And unlike the boys' showers, the girls' showers had chrome U-rings and pink curtains. And when King was working in the laundry, he had a flash of the girls' shower and a vision of a story came to him. Of course, that's when my visions come to me. I would love if that happened to me in real life. He imagined girls showering in a a locker room that had no, no, (laughs) yes, that had no U-rings. That almost sounds like some kind of like contraceptive. Euphemism? Yeah. And a girl starts her period but doesn't know what it is. The other girls are grossed out by this and begin pelting her with maxi pads, which we know is that famous scene. How does he think of these things? Carrie is inspired by two people whom uh, Stephen King actually knew. So he referred to uh, these two women as Tina White and Sandra Irving. And I think these are not real names. So Tina went to elementary school with uh, Stephen King. And Tina was quiet. um, And she was bullied because she wore the same clothes every day. Um, Sandra lived down the street from King. And she was raised by a single mother. Once, Stephen helped Sandra's mother move some furniture. And he was struck by... The sight of a massive cross that was hanging above their couch. And he thought to himself, if that cross had fallen, it would have killed anyone that was underneath it. Sandra suffered from seizures and her peers avoided her because of her seizures and her strange clothing. I know. Isn't that oh, sad? that's sad. And both of these women died really young. They didn't make it to age 30. Tina oh. committed suicide and Sandra died of a seizure while she was home alone. Isn't that sad? 
That's so sad. On a side note, just as a lighthearted moment, Gus, I just looked over at Gus and he's sleeping and he must have been dreaming about running because his little feet were running. Oh, they still are. They're jerking uh, a little bit. Sorry. As a little bit of a palate cleanser for that. Yeah. So, um, so King was haunted by their deaths um, and he oh. invented a story that basically depicted what their lives could have been like with these psychokinetic powers. Oh, it's almost like kind of like they, he, him giving them what they never could. <gasps> okay. Yes. Okay. I see where we're going. So when the character okay. of Carrie white King actually creates a story in which bullied kids can stand up for themselves, take uh, back their power and seek revenge. Yes. So it's really a feminist story when you think about it. Hell yes. Stephen King. A terrifying one at that. Terrifying one. That's another one of don't fuck with women. We will fuck you up. Yes. So now I don't know how you feel about any of the sequels and reboots of this. I I feel very strongly about the one that was made in the early 2000s or in 1999, maybe. I the think, one with What's-His-Face from Dazed and Confused. I think I may have liked that one. I love it. It's They make it way... They make it hyper-sexualized, which I don't like. Yeah. Like, there's, like, sex scenes in it. Yeah. And, like, it's a little too much from that element of it. But they make her so much more terrifying because they make her have these tattoos that, like, turn into vines all over her body. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that And she that becomes, now. like... Su- she's almost like a supervillain. So I kind of remember seeing it and not hating it um yeah it's pretty bad i mean the acting is pretty bad yeah but like the the changes they made to it were pretty interesting in my opinion yeah now i confess that i have not actually read the book so me either but, but i have I read it but i have i haven't really read most of his books to tell you the truth really like, most of them i haven't read let me tell you the shining is terrifying yeah the shining is terrifying the suspense that makes the movie slow makes the book horrifying yes like like people who complain about the movie the shining because it's like quote really slow the book it creates a level of tension that is uncomfortable and i just don't think it translates to the to a visual that's kind of been one of my complaints the the whole time that a lot of times his his the the awesomeness of the writing did not translate into film the green mile that That translates really well which was shocking yeah and that's a very complex movie that yeah. like, unless you really have a deep understanding of what is actually going on, you get kind of lost in it. Yeah. But it's really good. The Langoliers. Have you ever seen that? No. That's actually really good. And it, I no. think it was like made for TV maybe. Yeah. It actually is pretty good. That's yeah. a level of suspense. that's like, I can't even, and they do it with music mm. in that movie mm. and they build it with music, which they try to do in the shining, but it's lost because the, that noise is supposed to be a living, breathing thing in that movie. Yeah. And you don't get that same vibe mm-hmm. when you're just seeing it instead of reading about it. Well, also the... Comp- or feeling the feeling. Well, also the part in the in the novel where they, where they reference, like, Mask of the Red Death, and there's that very cool, mysterious sort of, like, ball scene. And, and that there's nothing like that in the movie no. that really translates very well. So, um, no. But Carrie is... That movie, I I was saying of all the horror films, I have to be in the right frame of mind. I can't just sit down and watch that oh, yeah, all the it time. Oh, yeah, me up, man. I, I have to really... Like, I've been watching Halloween on repeat. Like, I can watch... Honestly, yeah. I hate to say it. It's like background soothing music yeah. for me because it just, you know... I love Halloween. Last night I watched Psycho, you know, because it doesn't... I mean, it doesn't that bo- doesn't... That one bothers me. That one gets in my head a little really? bit. Really? Not yeah. me. Not I like... I like... um. Halloween. I like Halloween. I can't wait to see the new one. 
See, I'm kind of like... Listen, I'm, I don't care how terrible it is or how many times they bring him back from the dead. I love it. Have you seen the TikTok? Speaking of, this is a very good segue. Have you seen the TikTok of the little girl? She's like four years old and she's obsessed with Michael Myers. Oh, yeah. That dancing thing. Yeah. I don't think they're dancing. Then there's something on Facebook that I'm thinking of. Then. There's this video where it's, when it's where it says, like, when your four-year-old is in love with Michael Myers. Oh. And it's this little four-year-old girl, like, looking for him. And she's like, where is he? Where is he? I love Michael Myers. Where is he? Where oh. is he? And then all of a sudden, he just, someone's dressed up like him. And he just walks around the corner. And she screams like it's, like, Justin Bieber or something. And goes running after him and is hugging him. And it was like, oh, wow. Mildly disturbing, but also, like, I feel like I'm that little girl on the oh, inside. Yeah. You so, know what I mean? I so. I so am. It's like, I feel like I identify with that so deeply because, you know. There's one on Facebook where it's a little girl and she start, she walks up to Michael Myers and then they both go into this like kind of silly dance. Oh, I love that. And it, and it is disturbing because, you know, it's a little girl up, you know, knee high. And then he's doing this weird little dance with that mask and you're mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh it's one of my favorites. Yeah. It's a pretty good one. But Carrie's good. But again, it's like it, the, the story's just so intense and sad. It like, you can feel really drained after watching it. Oh so. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, friends, uh, we really want you to send you, send us your stories and stuff. Yes. So like I said, at the top of the episode, send us things at 31 nights of scary shit at gmail.com. And, um, we just really hope that you, uh, stay spooky. Uh, bye. Bye.